Friday. Come on, tell your neighbor, it's a good day. Come on, tell another neighbor, say, neighbor, today is a good day. Come on, it's good because why? Because we have the opportunity. Come on, to give God praise for what he done way back on Calvary, folks. Come on, give him praise for what he did for you. Come on, say amen, somebody. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, we sang that song, I'll Never Know How Much It Costs to See My Sin Upon That Cross. But do we really understand the price he paid for us on that cross at Calvary? Come on, say amen, somebody. Turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, which is a very familiar passage of Scripture. Sometimes we never really grasp the price he actually paid, how much it costs to see my sin on that cross. Are you listening to me out there? Galatians 3.13 reads, Christ has what? Redeemed me from the what? Curse of the law being made a what? Curse for us for it is written what? Cursed is everyone that what? Hang up on the tree. Tell your neighbor, I've been redeemed. Come on, tell another neighbor, I've been redeemed. But the question is, what have you been redeemed from? Where it says here, from the what? From the what? From the curse of the law. Well, what curse have we been delivered from? Keep a marker here and go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. Come on, I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1, where it says, It shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God, to do what? To observe and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will what? Set thee on high above all the what? Nations of the earth, and all these what? Blessings shall what? Come on thee and do what? Overtake thee if thou hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. But then it goes on to talk about the blessing in the first 13 verses. But from verse 14 through 68, there's nothing but the curse. Let me say it again. Verses 14 through 68, nothing but the curse. That's 54 verses of the curse. 54 verses. Verses what? 13 verses of the blessing. Come on, say amen, somebody. Look at Deuteronomy 28, 16. It says, and cursed shalt thou be in the city, and cursed shalt thou be in the field. Cursed shall be thy basket and thy what? Store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land, and the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. Cursed shalt thou be when thou cometh in, and cursed shalt thou be when thou what? When thou goeth out. But the question is, why are these curses coming upon mankind? Well, it tells us, if you back up a little bit in verse 14, Deuteronomy 20, 14, it says, And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words, which I command thee this day, to the right or to the left, to go after what? To go after what? Other gods to serve them. Amen. So it tells you right here, amen, they got off the word. Come on, say amen, somebody. They start going aside from the word, and they start going after what? Other gods to what? To serve them. But in verse 15 it said, but it shall come to pass. 
If thou wilt not hearken unto the voice thy God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day, that all these what? That all these what? Curses shall come upon thee and do what? Overtake thee. See, we were all at one time in this place. We not only went against the word of God, but we had no idea what he even said. <laughs> come on, say amen, somebody. We were at all, we were all at one time in a place where we were only concerned about what? Us. Come on. All we were concerned about was satisfying the flesh, and God was nowhere on our minds. Somebody say, I was there at one time. As a matter of fact, look at Romans chapter 5, verse 6. Just in case you forgot. Just in case you forgot. It says in Romans chapter 5, verse 6, For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarce for the righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure, for good men, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners. While we were yet sinners, what happened? Christ died for us. It says while we were yet sinners, God commended his love towards us. Well, look at Galatians chapter 4 verse 3. Galatians chapter 4 verse 3 says, Paul states, even so we, when we were children, were in what? We were in what? Bondage under the what? Elements of what world? The world. See, just like children, we were selfish, pleasing only ourselves, not realizing that we were subjected to the curse. Come on, say amen, somebody. And you know, children, children can get very selfish. It's all about me. What am I going to get? Well, that was us at one time. As growing adults. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. We were what? We were sinners. But look at Paul says in Titus chapter 3, verse 3. Titus 3, verse 3. Notice what he says here. For we ourselves also were what? I know nobody's room has ever been foolish. <laughs> we were... We ourselves also were what? Sometimes foolish. This, uh, nobody in this room has ever been disobedient. This is a holy sanctimonious crowd. <laughs> we ourselves also were sometimes deceived. Serving divers lusts and pleasures. Living in malice and what? Envy. Hateful and hating one another. See, that was us at one time. Come on, that was us at one time. See, we were under the curse and deserving of everything the curse had to offer. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. But the key word and most powerful word in these scriptures were the word were. Come on, we were. We were, but we're not anymore. Somebody should give the Lord a shout. Come on, we were. Kind of said, kept saying, we were. We were, meaning that's all what? In the past. Come on, old things are what? Pass away and build all things that become what? New. Come on, tell your neighbor, I was. But I ain't no more. Come on. Why? Because of Galatians 3.13. Christ has what? Redeemed us from the what? 
from the curse of the law being made a what? Curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Notice it says, For it is written. It is written, Curses everyone hanging on a tree. The question is, Written where? Well, it was written in Deuteronomy 21 22. Turn there. Deuteronomy 21, verse 22. He says, For it is written. I mean, it was written somewhere. He had to read it, take it from somewhere. And this is where he took it from, Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 22. It says, give me time to get there. Verse 22, and if a man have committed a, what? Sin, worthy of death, and he be to be put to death, and thou hang him on the tree. It says, his body shall, shall not remain all night upon the tree. But thou shalt in any wise bury him that day, for he that is hanged is accursed of God. That thy hand, that thy land be not defiled, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. It says, anyone who is hanged on a tree is accursed of God. Why? Because of sin. Somebody say because of sin. But the thing is, Jesus didn't commit any sin. Come on, the Bible explicitly says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, For he had made him to be sin who knew no sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Then 1 Peter 2.22 says, Who did no sin, neither was God found in his mouth. Come on. And then John chapter, 5, verse 4, chapter 3 verse 5 says, And him is no sin. Is no sin. But yet we read here in Deuteronomy 21, 22, and if a man have committed sin worthy of death, and he be put to death, that thou be hanged on a tree, for what he is hanged, he that is hanged is what? Accursed of God. So if Jesus knew no sin, did no sin, and him was no sin, then why did he subject himself to the cross? See, the only ones that were to hang on that cross were those that had committed sin. But we just read he did no sin. He committed no sin. And him was no what? Sin. But then in 2 Corinthians, going back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it states clearly why in all those verses, why he did subject himself to that curse. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 states, it says, for he has made him to be sin for us. Let's just pause to say about that. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made what? The righteousness of a God and him. So he was made to be sin for who? Come on, the man that had no sin, knew no sin, no sin was in him, but he was made to be sent for who? For me. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 this time. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. It says, for his own self. For his own self did what? Bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being what? Dead to what sins should live unto what 
Righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Somebody say, I'll take that right now. Come on, say, I'll take that right now. But it says he bare our sins. Who sins? Who sins? Where? In his own body. Where? On that tree. Then going back to 1 John chapter 3, verse 5, notice what it says. And you know that he was manifested to do what? Take away our sins. And in him is no sin. Folks, he did it all for us. Let me say that again. He did it all for us. Come on, tell your neighbor, he did it for you. Turn to somebody else, and he did it for you. Come on, he hung on that tree for us, folks. The price that we should have paid and what we deserved was on his back and was on that tree that he hung on, folks. Come on, say amen, somebody. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody say, thank you, Jesus. And when you do a little study on the Jews, see, this was unheard of to the Jews, folks. That's why the cross has always been a stumbling block for them. Amen? This is why they thought, you know, matter of fact, go to 1 Corinthians 1.18. This is what they thought of the preaching of the cross. When somebody preached the cross, they just couldn't, it just didn't register in their mind. They just couldn't see this. In 1 Corinthians 1.18, notice what they, how they felt about the preaching of the cross. It says, for the what? For the what? Preaching of the cross to them that perish is foolishness. They said it was what? Foolishness. But unto us, which are saved, it is the what? The power of God. See, it was foolishness to them because why? In their mind, why would somebody who never sinned allow themselves to be nailed to the cross like a common criminal? That does not make sense. Look at 1 Corinthians 1.23. In other words, in their minds thinking, he must have done something. 1 Corinthians 1.23, it says, but we preach Christ, what? Crucified. But unto the Jews, they what? Stumbling block. And unto the Greeks, what? Foolishness. Listen, the Jews believe whatever he did, he deserved it. Because why? Because only sinners were crucified. And we've seen that in scriptures, only sinners were what? Accursed of God. Come on, say amen, somebody. And say they, good, they couldn't get, past, get this past their mind's eye. And it became a what? Stumbling block. And to the intellectual Greeks, they were thinking, he must not have been a smart man. Come on. Okay, no, I mean, that's a dumb move for somebody who's willing to be crucified for something he didn't do. So to them, it was what? It was a dumb move. To them, it was what? Foolishness. Somebody say foolishness. But the word goes on to say, verse 25, because the what? The foolishness of God is wiser than men. Come on, say amen, somebody. The foolishness of God is what? Wiser than men. And the weakness of God is what? Stronger than men. Then in verse 27, but God has chosen the foolish things. Of this world to do what? 
To confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to do what? To confound the things which are mighty. See, what man thinks is foolishness, God uses us to give us victory. Come on, say amen, somebody. That's why it says, for the preaching of the cross, in verse 18 again, it says, for the preaching of the cross is unto them perish foolishness, but unto us, which are saved. Come on, anybody saved in this room? Come on, anybody saved in this room? It said to us who are saved, what does that cross represent? The power of God. See, this was all on the mind of Jesus when he went to that cross. He knew, 1 John 3, 5, he knew that he was manifested to take away our sins. That was his purpose. That was his mission. That was his plan. Come on, say amen, somebody. It says he was what? Manifested. To do what? To do what? Take away our sin. Come on, I'm talking about this man, born of a virgin, birth, who knew no sin, did no sin, in him was no sin, was manifested to do what? To take away our sin so that we wouldn't have to bear the penalty of the curse. All the time, while he's going through what he's going through, guess what? He had us on his mind. Come on, having been betrayed by the one he loved, Judas, he had you and I on his mind. In Mark 14, 50, when it says, they all forsook him and fled. They all forsook him. Come on, I know that had to hurt, folks. Come on, that had to hurt. People that you poured your life into, because I know how that feels. Come on, say amen, somebody. People you poured in your life into, they let them out to dry. But it didn't matter, because why? He had us. Come on, he had us, what? On his mind. When the opportunity arose for the people to decide between him and a known criminal to be set free, guess what? They said, give me Barabbas. And let him be what? Crucified. See, going through all that disappointment and being wrongly accused, he still had me on his mind. Come on, say amen, somebody. In Matthew 27, 27, it says, Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered him the whole band of soldiers. And they stripped him and put on him a what? Scarlet robe. Now, John's account says this. And then John 19, 1, John's account, it says, Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him, meaning they tied his naked body to a pulse and began to rake that whip across his back, ripping chunks of flesh and blood from his body. Come on, say amen, somebody. But he said not a word. There was no gall found in his mouth. Why? Because he had you and me on his mind. Why? He was manifest to take away the sins of the world. My sins. He was manifest to do something. To the Jew, it was a stumbling block. And to the Greeks, it was foolishness. See, God was what? Taking the foolishness of the world and confounding the wise. Why? Because to them, it didn't make sense. Tell your neighbor, it didn't make sense to them. Go on to Matthew 27, 29. It says, and when they had plaited a crown of thorns, 
They put it upon his head and a reed in his hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him saying, Hail, king of the Jews. Hail what? Kings of the Jews. But what they do? They put that crown of thorns on his head. Come on. And all the time where they were pounding on his head, he had you and me on his mind. Come on, this was his purpose. This was his mission. This is why he was manifest. Then in verse 30 it says, and they spit upon him. They spit upon him. Took the reed and smote him on the head. Began to beat those crown of thorns into his head. And after that they mocked and they took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on and led him away to be what? Crucified. But Mark's account, in Mark 14, 65, it says, and some began to spit on him. Not just one spit. Spit on him to cover his face. That means his whole face was covered with snot and spit. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. And to be buffeted, and, and they say unto him, prophesy, and the servants did strike him with the palms of the hand. Through all this, he had us. On his mind. Why? That was his drive. That was his passion, folks. He understood he was manifested to do what? To suffer the penalty for our sins, to suffer our shame. So going back to Galatians 3.13, it says Christ has what? Redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a what? Curse for us, for it is what? Written, curse is everyone that hang up on the tree. This was, listen, it was all for us, even at times we don't realize how much it costs to see our sin. Upon that cross, it was an awesome price, folks. Turn to Isaiah 53.3. Hallelujah. Come on, he did it for you. And he did it for me. Hallelujah. He was willing to pay the price. Pay the cost for my iniquities, for my sins, for my transgression. He was my substitute, folks. Isaiah 53 3 says, He is despised and rejected a man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. That word grief means sicknesses and disease. And he and we did, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. It says we hid our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Verse 4, surely he has borne our griefs, sickness, disease, pain. Come on. Surely he has borne our sicknesses, disease, and pain. And carried our what? Sorrow. Come on. He carried it all so that you and I don't have to carry them, folks. Why? Because he had us on his mind. Yet we did esteem him stricken. Smitten of God and afflicted. In other words, they thought he was suffering on the account of his own sin. 
They thought he was suffering on account of his own crimes. And they thought that God was exacting punishment that he rightly deserved and striking him. Smiting him and afflicting him. See, the word stricken is a Hebrew word naga, and it means to strike violently. It means also to smite with plagues. And in Deuteronomy 28, plagues was mentioned as part of the curse, folks. Verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Come on, he was wounded. Come on, he was bruised. And he was chastised. Why? For us. Say neighbor, for me. Come on. He was wounded, folks. He was wounded when they did what? When they took those five-pound spikes. That's what that word wounded means. That's what they're describing. When they took those five-pound spikes and nailed him to that tree, going through his skin and bones and marrow, come on, and then turning it over and making sure it nailed on the other side so it wouldn't come out. Come on, say amen, somebody. He was bruised, which means they beat him. That word bruised actually means they beat to pieces. That's what the word bruised means. It says they beat to pieces. It means break. It means they crushed him. It means they smited him. Come on. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our what? Iniquity. See, this refers to the stripes by what? When he took those stripes for us. 39 stripes. Come on. It represents the cuts. Come on, that also, amen, that he suffered from that crown going through his head. Are you with me out here? When they pounded it upon his head. But notice in this passage, it keeps saying, he was wounded for our transgression. Who is our? Come on, he was bruised for our. Come on, I'm key word is our. Our. Iniquity. Come on, say amen, somebody. The chastisement of, of, of our peace was what? Was upon him. And with his stripes, we, we, we. So you have our, 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 and then we have we are. Let me say it again. He says our, 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 and then we are. Not going to be, but we are. Not going to be, but we are. Not going to be that we are healed. We are whole. We are complete. Why? He did it for our transgression, our iniquities. Come on, say amen, somebody. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Somebody say, I'm healed. Come on, say it like you mean it. I'm healed. Verse 6 says, and all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. But yet he opened not his mouth. He could have stopped the whole process at any time. Let me say it again. He could have stopped the whole process at any time. Amen. But he didn't open up his mouth. 
It says what? He opened not his mouth. It says he was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he what? Opened not his mouth. He made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had what? Because he had what? Because he had what? Done no violence. Neither was there any deceit in his mouth. Why? Because he was manifested to take away my sin. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. Verse 10 says, yet it pleased the Lord to what? Yet it pleased the Lord to what? It pleased the Lord to see his son volunteer to be my sin substitute. Because the wages of sin is still death, folk. And somebody had to foot that bill. But it said it pleased the Lord to see his son volunteer to be my substitute. And Jesus raised his hand and said, Lord, Father, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll go to the cross for them. I'll allow them to pluck out my beard. I'll allow them to put that crown of thorns on my head. I'll allow them to beat me beyond the recognition of a man. I'll allow them to nail me to that cross. I'll allow them to put that cross up and make, and make sure all the joints in my body came out of place and all the socket. He said, I'll do it. If that's what pleases you. Come on, say amen, somebody. And then it goes on to say, he put him to grieve. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall what? The pleasure of the Lord shall what? Prosper in his hand. Why? Because the law was upheld, folks. Sin was judged. And the, base, the basis of our pardon the basis of our reconciliation was made possible, folks. Come on, say amen, somebody. He did it all for us. So just lift up your hands and begin to give him praise. Lift up your hands and begin to give him glory. Come on, lift up your hands and begin to give him honor. Come on, he did it all for us. See, sometimes we have to put ourselves in remembrance of how much he really loves us. Come on. Hallelujah. He loves you so much. Glory to God. That Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. Being made a curse for us. That's how much he loved us. He loved us enough to be what? Made a curse for us. For it is written, curses everyone that hang up on a tree. And Romans 5, 8 says once again, but God commended his love towards me. And that while I was yet a sinner, while I was yet out there doing what I thought I was old enough to do. Come on, say amen, somebody. While I was out there partying, come on. While I was out there smoking and drinking and carousing. And when I was out there doing everything up under the sun in the darkness. Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, he commended his love towards me me while I was yet a sinner 
when I never, I didn't have him on my mind. He was not even in my thought process. But yet he was still willing to die for me. That's love. Lift your hands and give him praise. Lift your hands and give him glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God so loved the world. He gave his sons back to be beaten in our place. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. 